0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Cale Guthrie-Weissman, the editor here at Modern Retail, and I'm joined here with Justin Mast, the founder and CEO of Bloomscape, and I'm really excited to talk about the uh, the DTC plant space and all things selling living items online. I'm really excited to dig deep into that. But hey, hey, Justin, how's it going?
1: Good. Hi, Kiel. Uh, Thanks for having me here. This is great. Yeah,
0: thanks for joining. Um, so first, I always like to ask people at the beginning, just in case they don't know what Bloomscape is, what, uh, I mean, I know that you have a website, you sell plants and offer various sort of ancillary services regarding plants, but how would you, what is the genesis of the company and how would you describe the company?
1: Well, we are, so we're Bloomscape, and our mission is really to reinvent the garden center for a new generation of gardeners. So we started in indoor plants, and we started digital, um, came up with a way to ship these large, fully grown indoor plants through FedEx and UPS to any zip code in the U.S. 12 months out of the year. Um, but, you know, as we grow, we're, we're expanding into other areas of the home and garden. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But, um, you know, we're really here to help people get access to really high quality plants and then help them take care of
0: them was when you first began growing the company. And correct me if I'm wrong, did you launch in 2018? Is that correct?
1: We did, yeah. So we launched in uh, spring of 2018. So we're like two and a half years old.
0: Happy two and a half year birthday. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, was, Was... how would you describe your sort of growth thought of the company when you first launched? Was it just, we're going to see if people want to buy indoor plants online? Or did you have these sort of how you were going to grow in place from the beginning?
1: You know, um, it, it's, that's a great question. It's a little bit unique because I grew up in this industry and it actually goes back a long way. So it's uh, five generations back wow. of greenhouse owner operators on my dad's side. Uh, goes back three generations on my mom's side of uh, folks in the, the kind of flora culture, the cut flower world. So they actually met in the greenhouse, uh, branched off, started their own thing. So that, that's the universe that I grew up in. All my aunts and uncles, grandparents, um, you know, half of everyone I knew was, was in this business. So for me coming up in it, um, you could definitely say it's in my blood. But for me coming up in it, I was always you know, this is back in like early 2000s, was really interested in uh, going direct to customers. Um, Even as like a nine-year-old, I had a, you know, rather than having a lemonade stand, um, I convinced my parents to let me have like a little geranium stand (laughs) outside of their greenhouse. And so we used to, I used to sell, you know, potted geraniums to people who were driving by and and wanted to pick up some plants for their garden. Um, And so that's kind of how I spent, Uh, You know, that's how I made some money in in middle school and high school. And um, I think this idea of going fresh from the greenhouse right to someone, um, you know, I I had no idea at the time that it would eventually turn into this. But uh, I think there's something really special about that. And for me, that was kind of the genesis for Bloomscape.
0: Interesting. And so would you say... Well, first, my question is because you said that you figured out from the beginning a special way, logistics wise, of of shipping the plants. Uh, I grew like I grew up in in rural Massachusetts, and my mom frequently ordered like starts from a catalog. So was this sure. different than that, or sort of what's the process by which you went about using FedEx and UPS? That or was it the same process, and it just has worked since since you know for dozens of years?
1: A, a mix. So. Um... Yeah, so the when I was coming up in, in the business, I was watching my parents ship trays of young seedlings around the country um, to thousands of greenhouses around the U.S., um, but all young plants. And so there's a whole world of, of technology and best practices that's formed around that for, like, really teeny plants. Um, and so I think the thing that we did a little bit differently and where we brought in some innovation was to say, how do we do this for a six-foot-tall tropical plant. I want to be able to ship, you know, that to Boston in the dead of winter. We designed packaging uh, that we have a patent on that helps with this. We use a proprietary soil mix that actually helps protect the roots and the plant during the shipping process. And uh, beyond a lot of those kind of product-level innovations, it's really more about the system, the overall system that allows us to do this Uh, very at at scale, right? So shipping thousands of plants a week all over the country, different types of varieties. Um, And and that's where a lot of our just decades and and really generations of experience in the industry have given us uh, a big kind of step ahead here.
0: So do you have like a warehouse akin to a 3PL or an Amazon warehouse that's just only plants?
1: Yeah, we do. So we, we... you know, for better or for worse, uh, this is a business where we weren't able to tap into a lot of the existing 3PL infrastructure that's out there. Um, and what 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 that's kind of forced or allowed us to do is really to create our own logistics system from the ground up. So I like to say that, you know, we're, very, we're a customer-centric company, but behind the brand, we're a plant logistics company. And so, um, you know, we partner with... Some of the best growers in the country uh, who really specialize in the varieties that they grow. So we'll get three or four varieties from this grower, five varieties from that grower, uh, and we bring it all into a uh, holding greenhouse that we have here in Michigan where we clean the plants, repot them, and then hold them in an ideal environment uh, until, until one of our customers clicks buy on um, the website. And at which point we pick and pack the plant with our like specialty picking and packing team.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. I can imagine, uh, you know, this is you're currently a consumer facing business, but I imagine that there's probably though now things are a little bit different, of course, but you know, it seems like there could be a sort of a B2B front end of that too, given that you have such a a system in place for this.
1: Yeah, we, I really thought about that. And, um, you know, what, what we ultimately realized is that there is such a tight fit between the, the merchandising side of it and the supply chain side of it. Um, it's choosing the right plants to offer. It's making sure that customers not only have the best possible start and get healthy plants, but then are equipped with the, the knowledge and the care and the resources to be successful with that. We saw such need on both ends of the spectrum um that we felt like the best way to to really create value for our customers was to keep it integrated.
0: That makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about growth. It seems like correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of rode two I don't know, I guess not parallel, but uh there there are two sort of waves that you probably rode. First being the rise of sort of the the I feel like there's a millennial aesthetic, there's a DTC aesthetic and plants fit very perfectly into that. And then you yep. got to last March and everyone's at home and wants to beautify their, their homes with plants. So what have you noticed yep. first, you know, over the last few years and then what happened, you know, when the coronavirus first hit?
1: Yeah, and I would add a third uh, mega trend to that, which is just the overall adoption of, of e-commerce mm-hmm. um, as as a major, you know, form of retail. So, yeah, I think... I think you're you're spot on. I mean, we are seeing that as, you know, our customer is, is really this new generation of gardener. When we're looking at the industry, this is where all the growth is coming from all of a sudden. And I think for a while, the industry was looking around and wondering like, hey, where, where are all the millennials? <laughs> um, and I think what we know is that it just took us Uh, We we were on a different time frame. I think we're now to the point where we're starting to get into, you know, we're settling into our lives. We're starting to settle down into homes and um, get get a little bit more inward with our lives. And I think plants, like you said, have really moved. uh, Plants and just gardening has really moved to the center of that lifestyle. Um, You know, I, I think as life gets more digital, which we all mostly love, I think we're getting hungrier and, and hungrier for reconnection with nature and with things that are slower, more analog, um, and less digital. And so all of this has gotten heightened uh, over the last six months. And I think that's where, you know, when we look at what's happening, we see, we, we don't really see any new trends, we just see an acceleration of a lot of the existing trends that, that we've um built our business around.
0: And so can you talk to me what what like in the last 6 months what sort of Percentage acceleration? Have you seen? Has it? Was it just that? Did you get inundated with demand? Did you have to make any changes? We to did. The back end? So talk to me about that. What did you see? Yes.
1: <laughs> so we we saw uh, you know our demand more than double in a short period of time. I think it, it's it's a little hard to parse it out exactly because spring is also typically where we see a lot of growth already, and so we had two of those things layering layering on top of each other. Um, but yeah, we, we were. We definitely saw more demand than we were expecting, um, and these are this is living product that's grown. Uh, in some cases, we're selling plants that are older than we are as a company. So, it, to to be able to flip the switch and and meet that demand uh, during a pandemic was uh, was a real handful. So I always say it was a big mixed bag for us. I mean, we're we're definitely grateful to be on you know one of the fortunate companies that saw more, not less, demand during this time. Um, but as, as I'm sure you've heard from other, other founders and CEOs, you know, scaling a business during a pandemic, preserving and building company culture during the pandemic while everyone's remote and working virtually, and then just managing a supply chain, especially one as high touch and complex as ours, uh, really has been a, a handful mm-hmm. <laughs> and i hand it to our team i mean we during you know those first few months especially we really had to put a lot of our you know longer lead initiatives on hold and just focus purely on our core business to make sure that we could meet demand and, and keep up with our customers
0: yeah that's perfect for what i want to ask next which is sort of Talk to me about the changes or expansions that you've made. I've talked with companies that as a result of increased demand, moved up some of the the longer lead things because there was such a heightened increase of of appetite for it. But it sounds like you needed to just double down and focus on making sure that the the, the core machine worked. But talk like I know that you' your yes. expansion <clears throat> you're you're looking into new things. so how have you approached that given all the the hectic st- stuff going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first three months were completely heads down. Um, and I'm glad we did that because it, it, you know, I think that was a time where we weren't sure how long this would go. And um, it turned out, you know, we needed to be heads down during the, that first three months. I'd say over the last three months, we've, we've done the opposite, which is how do we look ahead and pull some of, some of these initiatives forward faster. Uh, And that's where we, um, you know, decided to to start fundraising, raising our Series B, and really accelerating a a couple of big things. I mean, one, probably the biggest thing is just we're building out our supply chain infrastructure and, like, back-end operations systems. Uh, And we're at a phase right now where we're really kind of leaping into the next stage. Uh, We're going from one big fulfillment center to multiple kind of a regional strategy around the country and, um, all the systems that can support that and and the people and processes that can support that. So that's a big focus for us. Uh, and then the other, one of the other really big, uh, you know, areas of focus for us is expanding into outdoor. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've been, we started with indoor, we wanted to stay really focused and offer value where we, where we saw most demand at the time. Um, Frankly, since I was a kid, it's been a dream of mine to uh, sell outdoor plants for your patio and for your gardens directly from the greenhouse online. And so um, we're, you know, we are seeing a lot of people get into gardening fast. And we felt like this was this was the time to really move on this. So this coming spring, we're going to be offering uh, an outdoor line of plants as well. Wow.
0: Is uh, d- going into that, is that just an issue of increasing your SKUs and sourcing these plants or what else do you have to put, you know, put into place in order to get a program like that ready?
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, it is those things. It's the added SKU count. Um, but the, the plants themselves are different. Um, you know, with indoor plants we'll sell a a four foot tall bird of paradise, for example, it's a singular item. Um, there's, there's a different supply chain for indoor plants And, uh, so for outdoor plants, the packaging's different, the, the, the grower partners are different, the way that we're kidding and putting those things together, it's less about the singular plant and more about, um, you know, decking out your patio or your backyard garden. And so the UX is different. And so, you know, we, we take, um, I think we take the user experience and the customer experience really seriously. And as a result, uh, there's a lot more that goes that goes into it than just adding a few new new plants to the mix.
0: Mm-hmm. We're now going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And are, are there any other expansions or things that you've been focusing on beyond the outdoors?
1: Yeah. So the the other thing that we're pretty excited to announce right now is that we acquired uh, this app called Vera. Um, that was it's a plant care app that was developed by this amazing uh, development house uh, in Kansas city called crema. So, you know, we, I'm not sure if you know this, but right when we launched, um, we realized very quickly that the plant care, like helping our customers be successful was as important as getting them high quality plants. And so we started this program called plant mom. Uh, we're actually recruited my my actual mother, who's a plant expert to just set up and like be our customer's guide to, um, to caring for plants. And so she was writing articles, but also answering emails and in many cases on the phone and chatting with people and texting with people to try to help people be you know, successful with their plants. And it was on the one hand, very successful. Um, it, it was a big hit. We, we found we could really help build confidence and really help people enter into this world of plants well. Uh, but we also knew from the very beginning that this wouldn't be a scalable a way of providing value. And so we've been, we've been really working on, you know, how strategically, how do we scale that same value, that personalized support, um, where you're getting content help that's specific to you and your plants and your situation. And so, you know, we did, we did a a lot of research with our customers. And um, and then we discovered this, this app Vera and realized that it it was a major opportunity to help put a lot of that value right right in people's pockets while they're, you know, on a Saturday morning going around and caring for
0: their plants. That's yes. So that's... Wow, that's so cool. Oh, go no, ahead. No, keep going.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're excited. Um, you know, we're layering, they built an amazing app and we're layering in a lot of our content. I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content and uh, specific to different plants and you know, experience levels and times of year. And so we're really, uh, you know, we've got a big chunk of the company focused on really adding a lot of that plant mom value and that plant expertise and grow how into that app experience. Interesting.
0: I use a plant app, And I honestly hate it. And it's not, it's not very, don't worry. Yeah, no, I've (laughs) think thought about this a lot. Uh, I won't say what it is, but like I got one, I paid for it, I never pay for apps. Um, And it like just, I don't know what I wanted, but it didn't do what I wanted. Um, And I'm really fascinated with the idea. And it makes a lot of sense that you would partner with a plant app because you would probably, that, seems like a customer acquisition engine because there are a lot of people like me who already have plants who are just looking for ways to grow it. So can you talk about just about what are, like, is it is that what you see this as? Is this a way for you to provide support for your own customers, for you to get new customers? How are you viewing the, the integration of these the, the sort of services part?
1: Long-term, absolutely. We see this as a customer acquisition tool. Uh, we see this as an LTV tool. I mean, I think, you know, if if you have plants from Bloomscape, and not from Bloomscape. and it's all. I think if you have an operating system that's really helping you track when you watered, when you need a fertilizer, and you're getting live support in your plants, I think we do see um, that as a as a critical part of of what our business model is becoming. Um, so we're excited about that. But but right now, frankly, our focus is on just making sure that the app is valuable for people that we're that we're seeing people use it that we're seeing people happy with the care support and advice that they're getting whether that's through content or live interactions with us we we know that once we um once we see that that it, that it's actually quite useful then we'll figure out the rest from there
0: so are you going to be renaming it will it remain the same sort of what's your your plan, plan with the app rollout
1: we we like the name Vera. We think they did a great job in naming it. And um, so we're keeping that and and we're keeping a lot of, of the character from the app. We're doing a, a little bit of a, a refresh on some of the branding. But, um, you know, that was one of the things we really liked about what they had created is it felt very in line with, with who we are as a brand as well.
0: So can you talk to me, just sort of zooming out from that, your overall, how you approach these kinds of acquisitions or partnerships. I know you did a, a partnership with West Elm earlier this year. Is that correct? So We did. Uh, it seems like, you know, obviously that, that's a much smaller scale than a, acquiring an entire company, but it seems like you're seeking out these ways that you can either find new eyeballs or find ways to interface with people and plants in different ways. So like, A, do you have more of those yes. on the on the horizon? How do you think about that? What are the kinds of brands or companies that you want to partner with?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. I mean, like I said before, our vision is really to reinvent the garden center for the twenty-first century for this new generation of, of gardeners. So that's a big project with a lot of different components. I think shipping healthy live plants, having a good experience around buying plants and caring for plants is is a central part of our core value proposition. Um, but there are a lot of things we want to do too that that aren't, and I think that's where uh you know whether it's you know rolling out care products and partnering with with a a maker of a great clippers, for example, like we don't need to be the best in the world at honing a nice sharp blade that can you know withstand a thousand cuts without needing to be sharpened. That's never going to be our core competency, so those are areas where we look to partner. Um, we're, we're always interested, you know, that partnership with West Elm is a great example. I think that's, the, the, that was a really great partnership and that I think our customer groups and sort of brands have a lot of affinities. Um, but they're, and as much as they're a, a brand for home furniture, you know, they're never going to know how to like create a plant supply chain like we have. Mm-hmm. And so we can, even though we're both retailers in a similar space, we can offer each other a lot of value. So I think Vera's an example of of an area where we're, we're looking forward at our, our overall roadmap and what we want to develop. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're always looking at who's already created value out there. Are they interested in partnering and, and what does that look like? So I think in some cases that'll be an acquisition and we're always thinking about that. In other cases, that'll that'll be a retailer partnership.
0: What are your thoughts? Would you ever, what like, how do you approach a like physical retail partnerships? Given that e-commerce has exploded, do you think you would ever open a store, or is this just like? How, what are your thoughts just along all of that stuff?
1: So you know, we we love real life experiences. I think uh, every time we've hosted an event or done a pop up, just that chance to connect in person with our customer base is is. Quite frankly, a thrill, mm-hmm. um, and we learned so much from those interactions. I think just all the, uh, you know, the everything you pick up in human to human interaction is is so great. Um, so, so yeah, I could see a future where we start leaning into that and start start to expand on that. I mean, we're we have some uh, amazing partners who have backed BloomScape, you know, founders of Warby Parker and Away and Harry's and Allbirds, uh, have invested in Bluescape, And so, you know, we're, we're always talking to, to those founders about their retail strategies and when it made sense to do that and what's worked well for them. Um, so that, that is something that we're, that we're working on and thinking a lot about. Um, but at the same time, we know that right now, this is a great time to be really, uh, perfecting our digital experience. I think we, um, we we know we have a ways to go on on everything we want to offer there, and and also building our backend infrastructure. So that's where we're focused on. But yeah, in the future, I think we'll definitely go down that path as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, and this will be my last question, maybe. But uh, uh, what are your, how do you approach customer retention specific with with plants? I imagine that Vera fits into that given that you're going to be fostering a relationship in an app with a customer. I imagine that going to outdoors is probably a really inter- like, interesting way because that is, you know, you need to plants die every season. You need to sort of replenish that. Is that, is that, are all of these part of your long-term play? What have you done specifically in order to sort of keep people coming back?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you nailed it. Those are both big parts that product category expansion and the the sort of you know, the app is a, a tool for engaging with our customers frequently long term. Those are really about customer happiness and customer engagement and repeat purchase rates over time, as is quality. I mean, we, we've we seen that we, we hear time and time again that when, you know, six months later, people bought some plants from us and they bought some plants from a big, you know, mass retailer and our, our plants are growing and thriving and looking remarkably different than than product they they got from somewhere else. And I think that's, um, you know, we're in a fast world. We're, we're growing fast. We're, we're venture backed. And and I think, you know, we are excited to be moving as fast as we are. But I think there are certain things that we're making sure we don't ignore. Some of the slower things around building um you know, real relationships with our customers and making sure that our our product quality always sort of stands up to the promises we're making as a brand. And so we see two sides of the coin on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourselves as competitors? You mentioned sort of the quality part. And Amazon is, is a place that weirdly, like not weirdly enough, but you can buy plants on there. I can't speak to their quality. I've never done it. But I imagine a lot of people do that just because they can click the button. Sort of, what are your thoughts on sort of the marketplace dynamics, specifically when you have a, a destination website like Bloomscape?
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the story of this industry is that for the last couple of decades, it's really been dominated by mass retailers. And I think they've they've done a good job of building big businesses around that approach. I think the the sort of like faster, cheaper, more conveniently located um, way of buying plants. I think they've they've taken that about as far as you can. I think what they've left behind is you know plants are different than than Tupperware, or Rubbermaid products, or or shovels. I mean, when people go to a store, they have a lot more questions. They need a lot. They have a lot uh, on their mind. and and that they care about, uh, that, that goes beyond that. And so I think we're, you know, I remember a day where, where local garden centers were really the backbone of how you got plants. And I think as that, that business models become mostly less viable for most places in the country. I think we're really looking to bring back a lot of those, um, those qualities into how you buy plants. We're trying to make buying plants better in that way. So, you know, yeah, we pay attention to the mass retailers, but I think, you know, we're we're bringing such a different thing to market right now that um, we're also not too worried about that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Justin, this has been such a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Kale, thank you. This was great. And thank you for listening to the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday Media. Our theme music was produced by Pierre Bienme. Ben Elman produced this episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Bye.